appreciate very much the opportunity to stand before you this evening and share with you things that I've studied from God's Word. Uh, when, I, when I was sitting in the back, you know, I see this lift up your eyes and uh, my vision doesn't allow me to read the rest of this, uh, but I do know what the uh, theme of this is about. However, I just look at the expression, lift up your eyes, and if, if I see that even by itself someplace, it's that I know that's from the Bible. It seems to me that's such a, uh, a common biblical thought, and it's found throughout the, the Old Testament, the New Testament. Many times as I'm doing my daily reading, I will come across the expression, lift up your eyes, not just what Jesus said here in John chapter four, but throughout the scriptures. And usually it's something that is, I think, very significant. So for a little while this evening, I wanna to talk to you about some situations where we read of people lifting up their eyes. The first account that I have is found in Genesis chapter 18, where the Bible says that Abraham was sitting at home. He was sitting underneath the terebinth tree and uh, he was in the, uh, the plains of Mamre. That's where his home was. And the scriptures say as he was sitting in the door in the heat of the day, he lifted his eyes and he looked and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent and he bowed himself to the ground and said, my Lord, if now I have found favor in your eyes, do not pass by your servant. Please let a little water be brought, wash your feet, rest yourselves under the tree. And he implored the Lord, it was the Lord, it was God, to rest there and allow him to show him some hospitality. You know, when this unannounced guest appeared that day, Abraham seized the opportunity and he invited God to come into his home. He invited him to come in and to, uh, and to be a guest, an honored guest in his, in his household. And he treated him with dignity and showed him great respect and showed him hospitality. Now, I know there might be some that would say, well, Abraham probably didn't know that this was God when he first invited him in. Uh, it wouldn't have been till later when God revealed him. You can argue that if you want to, but it really doesn't change what occurred because you see, in the New Testament, Jesus, as he's giving a parable in Matthew chapter 25, says, the king will say to those on his right hand, come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was sick, I was a stranger, you took me in. And those that are the blessed recipients of the master's invitation will say, Lord, when did we do these things? And he'll say, in that you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. We have that same opportunity that Abraham had to invite God into our homes by treating those, our fellow man, our brothers and our sisters in Christ with the same respect, with the same joyous 
fondness for hospitality that Abraham had. Well, as the years went by in Abraham's life, by the way, that day God gave him some, some great news and some troubling news. He told him, he says, you're going to have a child in about a year here. And he also told him, he says, and your nephew Lot is in a very precarious situation. But that's not part of my talk. As the years went by, indeed, Abraham and his wife did have a child. And he grew, he grew into a strapping young man that was, I think, full of, of uh, strength and vigor. And, and he was the joy of his father and mother. And then one night, whether it was a vision or whether it was a dream, I really don't know. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 22, though, it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on the mountains, which I shall tell you of. So Abraham arose early in the morning and he saddled his donkey. He took two of his young men with him and he took Isaac, his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and he arose and he went to the place that God had told him of. And the Bible says, then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and he saw the place afar off. If we could talk to him and say, what did you see, Abraham? He might say, I saw Calvary. He might say, I saw the terrible price that was going to be paid for sin. He might say, I saw the gloom. I saw the darkness. I saw the foreboding that was there. And he says, it made me sad. But not so sad, but what he continued on because he had faith. The Bible says that Abraham said to the young men, you stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we'll come back to you. So Abraham took the wood and the burnt, uh, for the burnt offering. He laid it on Isaac, his son. He took the fire in his hand and a knife and the two of them went together. As they're walking up the mountain, his son Isaac, now listen, don't think Isaac's just a little boy. He is carrying all of the wood that will be used for the altar and the, the fire. He says, Father, he says, I don't know if I understand this quite. Uh, we have wood, we have fire, but we don't have a sacrifice. Abraham says, God's going to provide a sacrifice, son. I don't know at what point it was, but this godly man, having raised his son in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, he explained to him when they reached the spot that God had showed him that he was the sacrifice. I believe with all of my heart, Isaac could have said, not me. But he allowed his father to bind his hands. And Abraham raised the knife to take his son's life. And the voice from the angel of the Lord called out to him and said, Abraham, Abraham, he says, hold that knife. Don't do any harm to the child, he says, for I know that you fear God since you've not withheld your son 
your only son from me. Verse 13 says, it was twice in this chapter, then Abraham lifted up his eyes. What did he see? He saw God's grace. He saw God, God's grace to provide a sacrifice that was going to save his son's life. But in his, in his prophetic eye, he fully didn't understand, but he could perceive and, and know that there was something that was going to occur, perhaps on this very hill, on this very mountain where he had built the altar to offer his son, the Lamb of God would someday give his life. The Bible says there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and he took the ram and he offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And listen, the Bible says, and he called the name of this place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. A great story that is there. As we continue reading within the scriptures, we find that Moses had led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And the scriptures say that when they were what they thought was safely away from the land of bondage and from their oppressors, that Pharaoh drew near to them in Exodus chapter 14. And the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them and they were very afraid. On this, on this occasion, Moses realizes that they are looking in the wrong direction. They lifted their eyes, but they looked towards that which they were afraid. What are the words that he says to them? He tells them to look in the other direction. He says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And behold, the waters of the Red Sea divided. That, that has to be the greatest miracle that we read in the Old Testament. Nothing, nothing can compare with that event when the waters of that great body of water were divided and the children of Israel walked across on dry ground. Quickly, I wanna just mention that even in the New Testament, as I was looking at these words, lift up your eyes, I thought of another passage of scripture that's found in Matthew chapter 17. And when I mentioned that, many of you, probably most of you know exactly that which I'm going to talk about. It was just a few days earlier that Peter had said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus had announced that he was going to build his church upon that confession. But then we find the Bible says six days after six days, Luke says, about eight, so it was about a week later, that Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and they, he led them into a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, his clothes became as white as the light, and behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with Jesus. When we read the the parallel count, we read that 
They were talking with Jesus about what was going to occur in Jerusalem, his decease, his, the sacrifice that he would make. But anyway, that's another story. Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Let's build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And the Bible says that while he was still speaking, that there was a bright cloud that overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came from the cloud that said, this is my beloved son, hear him. Of course, the disciples were terrified. They fell to, their, to the ground with their faces to the ground, and they were greatly afraid, the Bible says. Then they felt the gentle touch of Jesus. He says, arise, do not be afraid. Verse eight says, and when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. The lessons there, that is, that Jesus was the one they were to listen to. No longer was it going to be to the law and the prophets, but it's going to be to the words of Jesus Christ that are found within the New Testament. Well, other passages that I think of that I'll mention just to sum it up, the psalmist says in Psalm 121 and in verse one, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Again, he says in Psalm 123, he says, unto you I lift up my eyes, O you who dwell in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their masters, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy on us. May God have mercy on each and every one of us and may we serve him by steadfastly looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith.